0: Welcome to LMK How. I'm Lauren. I work in the PR space and love immersing my life with knowledge from mental health to wellness to beauty, along with all things trendy. I interview people from all different industries, while also including solo episodes about the things that interest me. I'm stoked to have you here. Now let's get to the episode. Cheryl is a critical care registered nurse who spent the past year taking care of patients in the COVID ICU at one of the nation's top hospitals. She recently moved to San Francisco and is looking forward to figuring out post-pandemic life and her nursing career post-COVID. Yeah, that's cool. I love that. I
1: will admit that I had never listened to a podcast until yesterday. I was doing some research, Uh, so I listened to yours with um, Grace Grosha. Yeah. So I was like, I know her. So I listened to that one, and I was like, I like this. I should do this more often.
0: And now since I have a
1: bitch of a commute to San Francisco, I think I'm going to become a podcast person. Yeah. So thank you for introducing me to the world of podcasts.
0: Of course. Thank you. Like, that's a huge compliment. I mean, I take that as a compliment.
1: It is. (laughs) I literally,
0: I love podcasts. I can even like send you a list of some to like explore. Mm -hmm. Please do. Yes. I would love to Um, be my
1: podcast dealer.
0: Yes. Yes. No, I love it. So what's one thing that you do for yourself every day? Every morning I drink a cup of coffee and that is like my self-care
1: time. Sometimes it's more of a ritual. Like if I get to go for a walk to a coffee shop and like enjoy it while I'm at a park or outside or something, and that's obviously preferred, but I found, especially this past year, that like just the simple act of like enjoying the coffee and being intentional about it is something I could do at work too. Um, and just something that it's it's like a silly ritual and i know one that a lot of people have but i think if you do something every day you can start to kind of forget you're doing it or take it for granted like you're like did i brush my teeth this morning i don't remember because it's just something you like have to do mm-hmm. um so i just kind of like became more intentional about like that moment that i was spending sipping it and that like has become one of my most favorite parts of my day and i'm just like not that happy of a person if I don't. Uh, Caffeine is is good for me in many ways.
0: No I feel that. There's like definitely days where I can't like get like the first thing I have to do when I get out of bed is drink coffee or like some kind of caffeine like something to like get me out of the bed and then maybe like an hour or two later something to like keep me going.
1: (laughs) Yeah totally. I recently discovered there's like bluetooth coffee makers that people like keep in their bedrooms to like used as an alarm clock basically. And I think that is um, maybe a step too far for me. And I need a little bit more of a motivation to like walk to a kitchen and make the coffee, but uh, not respect for those people. It sounds very cool.
0: Yes, no, I feel like I've seen that before. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like, How would you describe yourself like in your job?
1: Yeah, I think um, one of the like themes I'm picking up on the past kind of year And I know this is not just for me, but a lot of people in my age group, kind of like the mid-20s scene is like really struggling with identity. So that's like a hard uh, question to answer. I was talking to my friend the other day, and she kind of described it as going through a second puberty. And I like really identified with that because it's so true. We're just like all like thought that we were going to graduate college and totally have our life figured out. And. Um, it was just all going to be like perfect or something. And it's a struggle being in your mid 20s, let alone a mid 20s in the pandemic. Um, and then for me, I am an ICU nurse. So uh, COVID brought a lot of struggle for me in my job and really kind of completely changed how my day to day job looked. Uh, and something that I was always really proud of before the pandemic was not identifying as my job because I think that's really toxic. I know there's a lot of stereotypes about like nursing students and nurses and how they just make it their entire personality. And that was never something that I wanted to be. I wanted to have a million other different things that made me interesting and um, I found last year that suddenly that's all I was. I was just a nurse. And so that's something that I'm kind of slowly starting to move out of. Um, There was a big, excuse me, um, like hero complex. There was a big hero complex thing that happened last year where I was getting a lot of messages from people and in the media, everyone's talking about healthcare heroes and like, thank you for what you do and all of this attention. And at first it was kind of cool to, you know, kind of have that recognition because a lot of times nursing can be a super thankless job, but then it became a little icky feeling because it was like, you know, like if I could do something else right now, if I could go travel, if I could go do something interesting and learn something new instead of just being in this hospital all the time, like I would love to do that. So I don't, it was a, It was a weird transition into becoming this like ICU nurse during a pandemic and now something that I'm really trying to transition out of and find um, I'm still always going to be a nurse and I will still continue to be an ICU nurse for now because I do really love that, but I want to find other things in life and other hobbies that make me kind of a more well-rounded person. So I'm still working on the whole identity thing right now. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, what was your experience also going from graduating college to straight into a prestigious job at a at a very well-known hospital? Um, yeah. What was that like? Like, What year did you start working at? So I graduated college in 2018.
1: And at the time I was 21 years old and I had worked really hard in college to kind of build my resume and open a lot of doors for myself. And I really wasn't sure. When I started nursing school, I thought I wanted to be like a labor and delivery nurse. And my career goal was being a midwife. And then I totally pivoted mid-nursing school and was like, no thanks, I don't want to do that. Like, And I fell in love with the ICU. Um, And I had a lot of different uh, like, thoughts during my senior year. I wasn't sure where I wanted to be and what I wanted to do. But as it got kind of closer, I realized that I really wanted to step out of my comfort zone, Um, not just in my career by starting a career, but I also wanted to get out of California because I had lived in California my whole life. And I really felt that I wanted to get out of California and just try something new and learn about other people because I really was living in this California bubble that I think became super apparent after like the 2016 election and just kind of the climate of the day. So I had the opportunity to work at one of the top 10 hospitals in the nation in Arizona. And their ICU was kind of special because you got to see all sorts of different patients. There were cardiac patients, there were neuro patients, there were respiratory transplant, all these things. And it's pretty common in other places to have separate ICUs. So all of the heart surgery patients will go to one place and all of the brain people will go to another. Um, And I just liked that I was gonna have exposure to all of those different things. And then I was also thinking I was really successful in college at building community, and I felt like I could do that anywhere, and I wanted to kind of test myself and see if I could do it anywhere, so um, I moved to Phoenix in summer of 2018, and it was like 115 degrees when I moved in, and I was like, what am I doing with my life? This is miserable, Um, but I started my job, and I really fell in love with it. I actually. When I graduated college, I kind of thought like, I'll do bedside nursing for maybe two years and then I'll go back to school. Um, but I really fell in love with it. And I think it's so powerful, the connection that you can make with um, a patient and their family um, throughout the course of your shift. And so I started um, working there in the first, um, like six months are really intensive with a lot of classes and education because you're just a new grad, like you don't know what's going on. Um, So I was doing that and then I was starting to kind of build my confidence and a year went past and I had done some good traveling in 2019 that I like liked and so I was really enjoying life. And then in 2020, um, as we all know, like COVID hit and my job that previously had been like pretty unpredictable, and that was something I loved about it, was like I could walk in and take care of a patient with like thousands of different diseases and I would just get to like jump in and learn and take care of them. And then it suddenly just became that every patient had COVID and just that whole journey throughout the year that I can expand on later. Um, but it was uh it was it was hard to like transition away from all of my friends and family that I knew in California. Um but it's something looking back now about three years later that I have absolutely no regrets about I'm so glad that I made that move even though I've decided to come back to California I'm feel really grateful that I like decided to make that leap and I think gave me a lot of um, confidence and like strength that I can really do anything and any decision that I make I will just be able to like work through and it'll be an adventure um, so it was it was it was really period of my life and nothing that I regret and now I'm looking forward to making new memories somewhere else
0: what was it like working in 2020 at yeah. like one of the like top hospitals in the nation
1: yeah one of the top hospitals in the nation and in one of the major epicenters of the pandemic as well I think um when it kind of broke out in March we were all watching um on the news it was basically New York at that point that was really bad and um, there's kind of this surreal moment where you're like looking at a TV and like it looks really far away like even though you know they say it's in New York like yeah you watch you know things about wars in the Middle East on TV too and that's really far away so it's just like felt I felt very separated from it and early on in March we had like a few COVID patients and to begin we everyone was really nervous right we like didn't know how this spread we didn't know um like how easily our healthcare workers gonna get infected it seemed like a lot of people in new york were getting infected and so there was certainly this fear and what my hospital did which i understand but was kind of like a hard pill to swallow um was assigned nurses in my kind of age range and the young 20s who are single and don't have families to these patients and I, like, I totally get it, but it was just a surreal experience that where I was like a relatively newer nurse on the unit. Cause there are people who've been nurses for 25, 30 years. And suddenly I'm getting assigned to like the sickest patient, um, on the unit with this disease that like, no one wants to go in their room. No one wants to touch them. And like, I'm just like in there basically faking it until I could like, hopefully do some good, um, And so that was a really hard way to start. And then it soon just took over the entire unit. Every single bed was was a COVID patient. And so the model kind of shifted where everyone had to take care of these patients no matter who you were. Um, And that that was difficult, but in the beginning, there was a lot of this like kind of healthcare hero stuff that I mentioned before and like people were delivering food and it was kind of like exciting and new for like a month. And then it got really terrible, really fast. And I remember, um, I think it was a, like in May or so I was in one of my patients rooms and most of my patients are not awake. They're like too sick. that We have them on a ton of medication. And I had the news on in the patient's room. Um, I don't now i make it a practice not to turn the news on in patients rooms for like basically this exact reason and a few others because i don't like finding out about major historic events in front of my patients at work um but uh i was looking on the news and there was this video of like new york this like classic clip that they kind of kept playing and i looked around and i was like it's here i am living it and it was like this very surreal out-of-body experience where suddenly like Something that had seemed very far away was like, I was there, I was in it. Um, and I think that kind of caused a um, sh- like the, the start of what I kind of now recognize is a little bit of PTSD. Um, I remember we were intubating a patient, meaning putting a breathing tube in and putting them on a ventilator. And uh, the doctor who had intubated kind of looked around and he said, huh, I wonder who's gonna pay for all of our therapy in 10 years. And it was like a flippin' joke and this was the way that like we were all coping at the time, but it is, it is serious and um, something that I'm kind of nervous about in the upcoming years. I know that we've had um, a few people at my old workplace who are kind of struggling with mental health right now and even had a um, coworker who took his own life um, a couple weeks ago. And so I think that's something that's going to be really interesting and I hope that I can be part of the like space to improve uh, mental health and at the very least, like do things on my own um, that do make it better. Um, so it was it was just really frustrating and sad, to be honest. Um, it was very hard, very long days. I worked um, a lot of overtime. So a normal nurse's schedule is three 12 and a half hour shifts per week, which people say is like, you know, you're so lucky you only work three days a week to some extent, they're totally right. Like I have four days a week that I can do whatever I want. Um, And if I want to go do something on a Tuesday afternoon while other people are working and there's no one around, like that's awesome. Um, But they are like really exhausting days. And I am working like a full work week in three days, whereas some people work it in five, you know. Um, But I worked like six days a week and sometimes even seven days a week for about nine months, which was my, my choice to some extent, because I felt like, you know, like I have to help, I have these skills and, um, I have to, I have to help, I guess. Um, and, um, that was just like really exhausting, but on my, I would go to the hospital, get there at like six 30, I wouldn't leave till like maybe eight, eight 30. And at that point you go home, you want to take a shower, get all the nasty COVID off of you and maybe eat food and like pass out and go to bed. And I would do the classic like scroll through social media thing at night to try and go to bed. And I would get so angry. Just it was it was really hard to feel like you were like trying to make a difference in the world. And then you just go on and you see people who you know and who you love and you think are smart and making good decisions. And they're just making decisions that you really don't agree with. And um, they feel like it's not affecting you, but it's like. That's one of the hard things I know everyone kind of struggled with, whether you're a nurse or not, like you see people doing things and you're like, how do you not understand? Like, now I can't see you and you're putting these people at risk, which puts my people at risk. And, you know, so that was a really hard um, thing to to watch and it perpetuated this cycle of me being like, okay, well, I can't leave my house because we're all in quarantine and, that means I can either go to work and try and help and do some good in the world, or I can sit at home and I'll probably be scrolling on my phone all day doing a whole lot of nothing besides getting mad at people. So it perpetuated this cycle of like, yeah, I'm just going to go into work tomorrow because that's the better of the two options. Um, and if you think about putting yourself in like harm's way, truthfully, and really hard, long, exhausting days, um, picking that over, like, sitting at home makes you sound kind of crazy, um, and I think, think I was a little bit crazy uh, looking back, but um, ultimately, it's, I hope I n- never really have to go through a pandemic again, um, but it was, it was cool to be a part of, even though it was, on most days, like, really frustrating um, and terribly sad and
0: um, hard, really hard. Mm-hmm. What was the mindset that you had going into work every day?
1: I think one of the things that I loved about my job before COVID was going in and I just never knew what that day was going to throw at me. And I think a lot of people like um, like predictability in their job and I totally understand why. Um, but one of the things I liked was the spontaneity of it, walking in and never not knowing like, will my patient be super sick will they be maybe getting out of the icu that day are they going to have family members nearby are they going to be um end of life and i'm going to be comforting their family through like death and the grieving process like i just loved really not knowing and rising to that challenge every day but then with covid it was like you knew what you were walking into every day every day you're going to walk in and your patient was either going to need to have a breathing tube put in or had a breathing tube put in and they are going to be on this ventilator in this bed for weeks and weeks and weeks until most likely they die. So it's like, it was hard to basically be having like groundhog day every day. Um, and my commute became, it wasn't that long in like 25 minutes. Um, but it kind of just became my place that I like forced myself to prepare and then decompress so to prepare to walk into work that was kind of my time to drink my coffee because once you put that N95 on you are not taking that thing off so that's when I started to kind of appreciate that moment in the car in those 20 minutes I would listen to like a my contemporary blend on Spotify that I liked and set my coffee on the way to work and then on the way home I would usually like call um, my mom or my grandma because they were like super worried about me um, and I just wanted to help kind of ease their fears a little bit um, but those those kind of 25 minutes were really the only time that I had to myself in a day um, because by the time I got home I just like wanted to go to bed and get ready to do it all again tomorrow
0: yeah and since you also mentioned that there's no there's no formal therapy that's assigned to nurses while you guys are working in your current position and post position as you are now what are some of the things that help you to cope or maybe how do how do you guys cope with each other like what what do you guys do to like get through to get through. Yeah, it's a great it's a great question.
1: Um everyone's, you know, a little different in how they kind of like do their self-care. Um, but I think one of the major themes in nursing is like we all we like tell really sick jokes to each other to make us laugh in the moment. And then that becomes like a really nasty cycle and not something that like is actually terribly therapeutic because it just makes you sad inside. Um but talking to other um, nurse friends and something that was interesting for me is I have a lot of um, a lot of friends who are nurses, some of them from college, but everyone's kind of gone and done different things. And I was the only one in my friend group from college who was taking care of adult COVID patients at the time because all of my friends are in like the pediatric space and um, they just really didn't understand what I was going through. And so that was kind of a hard thing. Um, to swallow was like, even though we're all nurses, like, we're not all seeing the same things and they're not seeing what I'm seeing. And so I really um, leaned on my coworkers at the time. And we would just kind of um, like talk in the few minutes that we had during work, but it was hard. We couldn't really see each other outside of work because um, everyone was, we were seeing how bad COVID was every day and we were not about to go perpetuate it in the community. Um, so it, it, I think one of the problems that we all had during the year was there really wasn't very many outlets to discuss these things. Um, And so now after things have started to slow down and a lot of nurses are um, fully vaccinated, including myself, it's been really nice that we're able to kind of um, get together and just do like really normal things, like going out to breakfast and like, just like talking about things that don't have to do with COVID. Um, because that just really dominated the conversation for a lot of people last year. But we, like, some people got to not go to work, but sit on their computer at home at work, probably. And they were focusing on something that maybe didn't involve COVID. So for those moments of the day, they could be doing whatever their job required of them. But it was like our job required us to talk about COVID and be immersed in COVID. And then the news was all about COVID. And then you couldn't go out there and do anything because of COVID. And it was just like COVID, 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 everything it was miserable. Um, and so I think just like talking to fellow coworkers has been kind of my um, main source. Um, but I'm now looking back, like starting to talk about it a little more because if like I was even having this conversation six months ago, I would have been crying 20 minutes ago. Um, so I think like that healing process has already kind of begun. Um, and a lot of, um, reputable hospitals with like good benefits, which includes my former hospital and future have these kind of, um, like, uh, therapy resources and managers like send out the numbers and say, you can call them and it's included in your whatever. Um, and that's not something that I have personally done or like used at all. Um, but I hope that some of my coworkers, have if that's what they want to do it's just been difficult because it's also new and it's hard for someone to tell like you can't have someone tell you it's going to be okay when it just really feels like the world is ending and it's not going to be okay um
0: is it common for nurses to or just people who work in the hospitals in general to seek out this mental health support or not really
1: I don't think it is. Um, I think nurses have to be really strong and all healthcare providers, the nurses, especially because we're just like in there with the patient, like experiencing their suffering for 12 hours at a time, days on end. Whereas other people are kind of, you know, in and out of the room and, uh, we like, we have to, bear a lot and take on a lot of other people's stress. But it's not something that in the time you realize, it's just like at that point, just kind of feels like empathy. It's just like you're walking this path with this person and that's what you were meant to do. And then you add on this like healthcare hero thing that makes it seem like you should be like some superhero, something that you're not and kind of minimizes the feelings of like, it's okay to like feel like this totally sucks and you like need help to walk through it. Um, so I know that like the healthcare hero, um, mentality was something that was super well-intentioned and initially for myself, like it felt kind of cool and good, but I think throughout the year, um, really was kind of detrimental to the, like, at least my own psyche and probably a lot of my coworkers just to feel like it wasn't okay to have, um, to not be like having, yes, yes. Like, yeah. Like it wasn't okay. to
0: Yes. Yes. exactly. So
1: I don't think, I don't think enough people, including myself, like sought the resources that we probably needed. And it also just didn't really feel like there was time, you know, if I'm working, I think I worked like 27 or 28 days in December. Like I took three Mm -hmm. days off in December. I slept all three days. Like, you know, I'm not going to go like spend time or money to go seek something out like I'm just tired you know yeah um so I don't think enough healthcare workers do reach out um to answer your question and that's something that hopefully we can change I know there was a little bit of curriculum in nursing school for me about um like how important self-care was and I think that's become like a newer um conversation in the past few years to like focus on and I think that's so important but um I don't think that was, uh, that we actually like lived and breathed that mentality that self-care is important, even though we were kind of preaching it to everyone else.
0: Yeah. Something that's coming up for me is that it's kind of surprising to me that in 2021 and even before COVID, that there isn't some type of mandatory therapy for nurses and doctors just as just on a general sense just like how therapists are required to see another therapist I feel that for nurses doctors people who are like you said you're managing empathy and I don't know. It's just, it's crazy to me that that is not a thing. And that the conversation behind this has just recently started when your, your nurses, your doctors, it's not a new occupation. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I think you're, I think you're definitely onto something and you're super right. It's, uh, I I know like before COVID, if we had a patient who coded, meaning their heart stopped or they stopped breathing, and that can be kind of a traumatic um, situation or um, something that felt traumatic before COVID and now looking back, it's like, no problem. Um, We would have sometimes like a code debriefing afterwards where either a chaplain or maybe the physician who like led the code kind of pull everyone who was involved into a room and just be like, how do you feel like that went? And like, is everyone doing okay? And like check in in the moment. Um, But I think something for me is like, I'm really excellent at suppressing my emotions in the moment. And I think that's one of the things that makes me a really good nurse, but it also makes me like a pretty poor adult and human because I can like really suppress these feelings for a very long time. So that like in the moment therapy or check-in is just not helpful for me. Um, And it might be for other people, um, but I need, like, a moment to, like, just, like, cause probably what I'm thinking about in that moment is, like, shoot, I just spent two hours saving this patient, but my other patient's now two hours behind and all the stuff they need, and, like, I need to go do that, instead of, like, I can take this moment to feel things, like, I don't have that time, so um, I, I think that some sort of, like, mandatory therapy, or at least mandatory, we get a lot of man- mandatory education as nurses, but some, like, education on how to access the resources or what re- a little bit more of tidbits of what resources are available besides just like a blanket email from your manager saying like here's the link to the website check it out you know like something a little bit more thoughtful than that yeah. would probably be really great good idea yeah.
0: Lauren <laughs> I'm just like I just I don't understand how that's not a thing I think it's crazy it's <laughs> it's they expect you to do all of this very, very, very hard physical and emotional work. And to not like, in my mind, I'm like, how come there's not a person like, like above you, who's like taking care of your mental health. You show up for the job, you do what you need to do. You take care of your patients, but who's taking care of you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's It's hard to take care of your patients and yourself, you know? Exactly. Even just in general, like, I don't know, I would, sometimes on an individual level, it's hard enough to see- to seek out therapy and mental health resources for your individual things that you're trying to process through, but like your job is like another, it's, it's another part of you and it's a huge part of you. So the fact that, I don't know, now I'm just upset. <laughs> 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 like what no, it just I don't know it reminds me of when I would like you know see the news and there'd be like a co- someone who was a doctor in the hospital working on COVID cases would take their life and it was just so so devastating especially yeah like knowing that there's no like counseling because even if they have a little in the moment, quick thing, like you said, for co- for when someone codes, it's just like, that's not enough time. It's not enough time. Right? Like, it's not enough, yeah. I can definitely also yeah. identify with you saying how you are good at suppressing your feelings in the moment. And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like just this is give you like a free something, you know, like a free <laughs> membership. I feel like I'm something. in therapy right
1: now and I just put all my emotions on you. So I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, you're totally okay. But like Yeah,
1: it's it's frustrating. It's really frustrating, especially to see on the news like suicides from healthcare workers and uh people who should have all these resources and should have all this knowledge to know you know like what they're feeling and going through is temporary and there are solutions and all these things but it just um someone that like educated and knowledgeable and who is probably taking care of a patient who is suicidal in their career you know like is doing this it's just um it's so sad so sad
0: yeah I'm just like I wish there was I don't know, a program, a person, anything to just be like, how are you feeling really? Yeah, like there were some interesting studies that went on during COVID that I
1: had the opportunity to be a part of, like not vaccine trials, but like mental health stuff. So I know I had some of my coworkers who are wearing our um, rings. They like kind of track your sleep and you're supposed to log different stuff onto the app um, to kind of see like how you were managing your stress. And then I started being, I was doing one of this study that was called the hero study. And, um, I started doing it. And then honestly, I just got bored of it. So I didn't complete. So I'm the worst study participant ever, but, um, it was like, how are you before COVID? How are you sleeping now? How do you feel and when you walk into work stress? And it was kind of like trying to gauge those things. Um, and I hope that some good comes out of those studies. Um, I haven't really seen anything yet, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah,
0: yeah. I feel like a common theme of COVID and just twenty twenty in general is a lot of people being in this situation where we all collectively are experiencing experiencing PTSD on different levels and in different forms.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was a big, I think that was one of the things that I'll like, I guess miss is a strange way to put it. But, um, I think one of the really cool things about COVID was the unity that did come from it in some ways. Um, and we were all like, we were all experiencing the same storm just on different boats. Um, and some of us had it better than others, but, um, I think it was cool to have to be experiencing the same thing as all of humanity for the first time like ever that I can remember. Um and yeah that that's one of the things that I think will probably rapidly disappear after COVID and I will miss is just kind of that you could have this common conversation with everyone because everyone is going through it. Um, um but, but in other ways I'm sure really excited for COVID to never to come out of my mouth like once every six months when I'm talking to my grandchildren about it when they read in their history book you know like
0: yes that's that'll be good enough exactly and how did you make the decision to move on from your previous job and into your new one yeah um it
1: was Kind of when I had originally moved to Phoenix, my plan to go back to school two years later, and I thought that that schooling would be in California. Um, So I never saw it as something that was going to be permanent. Um, But then I ended up really enjoying my job more than I anticipated and staying there longer than I anticipated. Um, And I kind of, it was, a semi rash decision in that like my lease was up in March and I was like, okay, you can renew or you can just like make that jump. Like there is a lot of things holding you back and none of them are good reasons. Like fear is not a good reason not to do something or And I never want to be the type of person that's like nervous of change. I want to be able to embrace change and be adaptable and flexible. And so I just kind of like, was like, I'm not renewing my lease. I'm going to quit my job. I will find a new one. It's going to be okay. And I just kind of like made that leap. Um, It was something that I had certainly like thought about beforehand. It wasn't just like, you know, no, I don't like this. I'm going to stop. It was, I just like felt like my entire identity there was nursing and I didn't have opportunities outside of work to build community and find hobbies that I enjoyed. And part of that was the pandemic and like, you know, not having get togethers and things like social things. Um, But part of that was also just because I feel like I was really stuck um, in that place and doing the same things over and over again. And I needed to do something new in order to kind of like reignite like a passion for anything else other than work. So I think it'll be um, good for me. It's still like relatively new. I've been not, I think I moved away like maybe two and a half weeks ago or so. So it's relatively new. Um, and it worked out pretty well, actually. I, the Friday before I my last day of work, I got a job for an interview at my new hospital. And then I did the interview the following week and then I got the job the week after. So I start that in two weeks. So that part worked out. Um, and we'll see, I hope that I love my coworkers and the like community of work as much as I liked my old job. But I also hope that I find more things outside to make me like a more interesting, well-rounded person because, um, at the risk of offending my fellow co-workers um I'm not gonna have registered nurse in my Instagram bio because I just don't think that's like that's not the look I'm going for so um it's not your brand I, it's not my brand you know yeah. I, it's a piece of the puzzle but it's not the whole brand so um we'll see I think I'm just kind of like faking it and making some decisions and hoping that I don't screw up too badly, which is probably just what we're all doing in our mid-20s. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, do you also feel that your experience in the past two years? That's...
1: Yeah, two, like almost
0: almost three, two and a half-ish. Okay. Um, do you feel like all the experience that you've gotten because of the circumstances makes you a better candidate for any future jobs? that you are going for?
1: Yes and no. I think um, I got very, very good at caring care. Whoa, I had a stutter. Um, I got very good at caring for um, COVID patients, but that was the only patients I took care of for like a year. And so you lose your other um, skills and knowledge of the hundreds of other diagnoses that exist and patients who land in the ICU. So, um, it was good experience personally and professionally, but it also kind of was like, um, and I took care of patients who were like much sicker than I probably would have as a newer nurse, just because like everyone was super, super sick. Um, but by the same token, I kind of lost out on the opportunities to advance in all the other diagnoses and maybe, um, hopefully COVID doesn't make such a resurgence, you know? So hopefully all that experience is just like in the past. And I see, you know, a couple of COVID patients a year, just like, I see a couple of flu patients per year. Um, but it won't, no, one's going to be like seeking out hopefully that specific skill because it won't be a huge population. That's, that's my hope. So, um, it was I'm not sure that it made me necessarily a stronger candidate. I think a lot of um, people who were probably applying for the same job that I was that were taking care of a lot of COVID patients in the past year, maybe not at such a good hospital, maybe not at uh, in such a hot spot in the nation. I think being in Phoenix um, added a lot of um, patient load that other people didn't experience in places that had it under better control. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. if I don't know exactly what helped me get the job, but, um, maybe, maybe it did. Maybe it was just my, the prestige on the resume and my glowing personality. Who knows? Yes. Yes. <laughs> All <of>
0: the above. <laughs> um, and what are some of the, some of the things you want to like, some of the things that you want to implement into your new life, your new job, this new chapter of your career. Yeah.
1: Um, I want, I want some normalcy again, which I think is something we're all seeking. Um, I want to travel. I think I did a lot of um, like, domestic traveling to visit friends who had kind of spread out across the nation. And I did a lot of that in 2019, but I want to be able to travel internationally because I didn't get a chance to do that as much as other people did um, in college because of how rigorous the nursing program was. And so I like, I wanna go spend time in Thailand and I wanna go to Greece and I wanna go back to Israel and um, all these places. And I'm not sure this year is the year for that, Um, but traveling is something that I wanna get back into. Um, and then, um, I'm moving to San Francisco. So just exploring everything the city has to offer, um, like picnic days and runs on the marina and all that, like really basic stuff that everyone else does that I want to do too. Yeah. And, um, and reading more, that's something that I found that I could do last year that I really enjoyed. And I was always like a really avid reader as a little kid. Um, but I kind of lost that throughout school, you know, the mandatory books that you weren't interested in, like that doesn't really foster a love of reading. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bought myself a Kindle last year and I've been having fun like reading and that's something that you can do from, from anywhere and doesn't require spreading COVID around to do it. So um, I think it's like a really simple stuff like that that I'm looking forward to. Um, that things that other people are probably looking forward to as well. Um, and then just like being open to new opportunities and saying yes, because, um, some of my like fondest memories have just been like going with the flow and you can think of a million reasons not to do something, but, um, chances are like the fact that your laundry doesn't get done that day. Like that's not, that's not something you're going to remember. So just like taking that leap and saying yes more and filling up my calendar and, um, using every kind of spare moment. And then professionally, um, it'll be a hard transition into kind of a new job, even though what I'll be doing is taking care of patients that I was taking care of kind of pre-pandemic, it will be fairly similar in that way. And it's still like a large university hospital. So I think the culture will be very much the same, um, but just like meeting new coworkers and starting new and being the new kid on the block will definitely be a, a hard transition because I kind of went from being like this resource and like one of the more skilled nurses on a unit to um, bottom of the barrel. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But I think getting more involved in other things professionally, um, because it's, I know something that kind of lit my fire in college was being a part of like organizations. And I like like attending meetings, meetings and figuring out solutions to problems and like writing research papers and all these like kind of geeky things um that I love beyond just um working 12 and a half hours and kind of being done with it like I like continuing that outside of work and something that I find um kind of fit, like therapeutic for me to like learn more about these things and do that research um so I'm looking forward to having opportunities to that to that and um I'm not sure if I want to go back to school someday there's kind of this big push I think for everyone in most careers to like, you should go back and get your master's and you should go back in like this perpetuating cycle of it never being enough. Um, and I'm not sure, um, there's so many opportunities in my career that you can do. And, um, I'm not where I am. Like if, if you had told me where I would be now two and a half years ago or three years ago, I guess when I graduated college, like I would have told you you're crazy. So I think just, um, we're just going to kind of go with the flow, which is not um not a typical personality trait of mine. I'm usually a pretty type A, um, very goal oriented type of person, and I think that's something that I'm trying to um just trying to like step off the
0: uh, hamster wheel a little bit
1: and
0: uh, see what comes my way. Yeah, well, I'm so excited to see your new chapter unfold and to just see how you grow in your career like as time goes on thanks yeah it's been super fun talking to you yeah you too and then where can people find you on social media you can find me on instagram
1: i don't post very much nursing stuff i like to cook i post a lot of cooking stuff and books that I'm reading and things outside my career, but you can follow me on my handle is SJ Warfield, W-A-R-F-I-E-L-D.
0: Perfect. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.